Welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime. I'm your host, Frank Zafiro, and today I am going to be talking with my frequent writing partner, Colin Conway. Uh, And the reason for that is that our book, Some Degree of Murder, has been reissued by Down and Out Books as of March 18th. Uh, So we're going to chat with Colin and uh, find out a bit how that book came into being and talk about its journey to Down and Out Books. Uh, its rightful home. But first, I want to let you know that uh, this podcast, Wrong Place, Right Crime, is sponsored by Down and Out Books. Down and Out Books is an up-and-coming publisher that focuses on crime fiction at the gritty and darker end of the spectrum. If you want to find out more, you can go to downandoutbooks.com. That's downandoutbooks, all spelled out, dot com. Down and Out Books, take the journey with us. Now let's meet Colin. Uh, He's been on the show before, but... uh, Uh, Never to talk about this book. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Colin Conway. Well, welcome back to the show, Colin. Hey, Frank. Fantastic. Thank you for having me back. Uh, So uh, we're we're talking today about uh, the uh, reissue of Some Degree of Murder from Down and Out Books uh, coming out uh, here in March. Um, This was your and my first collaboration uh, with any other author, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, definitely my first collaboration. Yeah, it was mine as well. Um, how how did this all come about? What's your recollection? You know, that's a that's a, a good question. I think you had already written several of your River City novels, and we were bouncing around an idea on having uh, a couple characters try to solve a mystery or solve solve a um, a murder. And I think that we talked about putting it into your world, to the river city world. And the, the idea would be to have two characters, uh, a, a police officer, uh, of some sort that ended up being a detective and then some sort of a bad guy. And in this case, it ended up being a mob enforcer working to solve some sort of crime. And in this case, it was the, the murder of the mob enforcer's daughter. And, how they would come at it in two different directions. One would obviously use the law and the tools at his disposal. And then the bad guy, he would use the tools at his disposal, which would be violence and intimidation. And, uh, you know, we, we set out, started writing the book. I don't think that we, we, we really outlined it very much, um, until we got a little bit into the book. And then I think we had to take a step back and figure out where we were going to go. Is that how you reckon, uh, recollect that? Yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, I, I remember it being pretty loosey goosey at first with uh, the back and forth chapters because we wrote this in kind of a unique fashion. Uh, do you want to talk about the format that we used? Yeah, we 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 had it from both the viewpoints of the character. So you wrote you wrote the the police officer, uh, and I wrote the bad guy. Uh, I don't know if that says anything about who I am. I hope not. But uh, you obviously had much more law enforcement experience at the time. So you took the detective's viewpoint and you would write the the scene from his viewpoint. It would finish. And then I would write the scene from, from the bad guy, which was Virgil Kelly, uh, his viewpoint. And we just kind of went back and forth on that. And I don't know if I'd ever seen a book uh, done at that point. And I know when we talked to a couple people later on, they said that that was wrong. Uh, but we thought it worked out fine. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I've used it in several other collaborations and and I like it. It's kind of uh I describe it as a dual first person narrative with alternating chapters. 
yeah, I forgot that a couple of the people that we sent it to wanted us to change it to the first person for Detective Tower and the third person for for Virgil Kelly and uh, being headstrong young writers who knew everything in the world that there was to know, uh, we refused. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think, <laughs> and you know, sometimes it, it, it's okay to stand your ground because I think readers are smart enough to mm-hmm. to to read a chapter in one guy's voice, flip to flip to the next chapter, and realize it's you know a completely different character. Flow right into that and understand what's happening. I don't think that you've got to dumb down your reader. And, and what some people were suggesting that we do. I think that we just handled it the way that we wanted to and treated it with respect. And I think that the, the story held up and it still holds up. Uh, well, it's been quite a journey, actually. Uh, we we wrote this book uh, in around 2005 and weren't successful in placing it. Of course, that was a, a first well, a first completed draft. I went through a few drafts to get there, but when we pulled it back out around 2011 or so to consider taking the uh, independent publishing route because things were really heating up in that area at the time, we took a different look at the book than we maybe had eyes for it in 2005. <laughs> if I'm not, if I'm remembering this right, we both had yeah, a bit of a are. reaction to it. What was your reaction? Uh, well. Geez, I, you know, I don't want to throw myself too far under the bus, but I would say that it was a, a bit bloated. Uh, you know, I was a, a bit infatuated with the fact that I was actually writing and would use more words than I needed. And, um, you know, we had to cut a fair amount out and it was actually a joy to do that, tighten it up some. And that's one of those things that I try to do now as be as uh, concise as tight as possible and i think that the book ended up far stronger by doing that i think um, it definitely did yeah i remembered going through that process and uh we were both reluctant obviously to cut to kill our darlings uh but you just kept saying hey we need to keep this book on the freeway anything that takes us off an off ramp onto a rest stop gets cut and you know, we cut some pretty huge chunks out of it to get it down to where it was very lean. And, and, uh, and I think that's why it works now is because, because, uh, we had the discipline to do that, which maybe we didn't have in 2005. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going back through some stuff right now, uh, and working on it, stuff that I wrote years ago, which I have a, a real fondness for the, the characters and the concept, but it just never seemed like the stories worked. And I think that it was that person I was then. And as, as a young writer, you get somewhat infatuated with just putting words on the page. And it's much more about, I'm actually doing this as opposed to, I'm actually doing this correctly or I'm actually doing this well. That's who I was at that point. I just wanted to get as much onto the page and, and oh my God, I've hit 10,000 words. I've hit 20 or 40 or however many, right? And now it's like, can I tell the story in less words? Can I tell, tell this in, in, a, in, a, in a quicker way? And that's what we were working on uh, here in 2011. Uh, and, and it's fun doing that process with you. And, and we did that recently with another book. And to bounce ideas off of each other and say, how can we tweak this sentence? Or how can we turn this paragraph a little bit? to make it tighter, move quicker. And I really like that process. 
Yeah, I, I, I think when you're a younger writer, you know, it's all about yourself, you know. I mean, I know they say you should write for yourself, and you absolutely should. Uh, but you, it, it's almost more about pleasing yourself. And then as you become more mature as a writer, uh, you realize it's not about pleasing yourself. It's about pleasing the reader uh, at the end of the day. You want the reader to have that experience. So, uh, I don't know. I think it's a lot like lovemaking when you're 18. It's all about yourself, right? <laughs> Get a little bit older and you realize there's somebody else in the room that matters. You know, I was going to make that joke, Frank, but I, I, I held off on it, but I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Thanks, pal. I appreciate it. <laughs> so we published the book in 2012 and actually uh, has been uh, one of one of my better sellers throughout uh, the, the years. Uh, and we were fortunate enough to get an audio version of it made. Uh, what were your thoughts on the audio book? Uh, you know, I liked it. Uh, Connor Hall, I thought, did a pretty, pretty damn good job bringing that story to life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the book uh, independently for a number of years and then uh, end up in a, you know, in a relationship with Down and Out Books. Uh, and now uh, they're going to reissue it here in March of 2019. Uh, how you feel about that? I am stoked. I am absolutely stoked to to have Down and Out behind the book. Um, you know, we did uh, very well with the book by ourselves, but I think that having them take it to a larger audience uh, is going to be, you know, obviously greater. Um, we've got an exciting new cover coming along with the book, and uh, yeah, I just I couldn't be more excited with this process. All right. Uh, well, before we go, uh, one one more question for you. What was your your favorite part of the entire Some Degree of Murder experience? Boy, that is a great question, Frank. That's a great question. You know, I think that the the, the sharing the process with you and writing, as, as most people will know that have written anything, writing is a very lonely experience. And you can find yourself, especially making it all the way through a novel, spending hours, weeks, months alone in that process uh, until you get it out to somebody to, you know, give it a, a beta read or give it a an edit, that type of thing, where you, you actually start sharing thoughts on it. But in this process, we were sharing ideas from day one and we were kicking it back and forth. And, you know, those chapters were every if, if, if it wasn't every day, it was every other day. Uh, we're coming back and forth uh, until we got to the climax where we actually wrote that together, sitting down and spinning the laptop back and forth. And, and, and that was really cool. I mean, that that uh, and I say with with our, our book that we we've worked on recently, it was the same thing as getting to to share that moment with another writer, that that moment from the inception of the idea all the way to the completion of the book through the whole process. I mean, that's, that's a really unique experience and a really cool experience. Well, I agree. I totally agree. Um, so the book is some degree of murder, brand new cover. The interior is exactly the same. It'll be out, uh, March, 2019 from down out books. Colin, uh, it was a pleasure writing the book with you and, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show to, to talk about it. As always, Frank, I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Uh, there you are, folks. Uh, great conversation with Colin. Uh, always enjoy talking to him. He's a great writing partner. Uh, next episode on Wrong Place, Right Crime, we're going to talk to Gary Phillips, who, among other things, has written the fourth installment, uh, episode four of A Grifter's Song. 
entitled The Movie Makers. Until then, this is Frank Zafiro reminding you that sometimes you got to be in the wrong place to write crime.